Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to another exciting episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mr. Matt Hinshaw of the wonderful, beautiful, spacious, tree-filled northern Arizona town of Prescott. And with me, as always... Basically, my brother, if I had a brother, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. So, Mike, today we're doing something special. It's going to be tough for both of us. Okay, well, it's going to be tough for me because I ramble a lot, as you know. Uh, Maybe I just like hearing myself talk. Maybe I just think I'm full of wisdom and I'm really not. Or maybe I'm just truly full of random facts that are just dumb. But anyways, today we are doing not one movie, not two movie movies. We're doing three movie r- reviews. Yep, three triple feature. So, Get ready, people. So yes, so that's what this episode is called. If, if you're freaking out that it has it doesn't have a title of a movie in the episode title, it is our very first triple feature. So we will probably do some more of these in the future, especially when we have a hectic two weeks like we've had here in December with dozens of freaking movies being released. So for us to get all the reviews in at least somewhat timely, we're giving you a triple feature. All right. So Mike, we'll do a little bit of a tease. The three movies that we are talking about today, if you didn't look at the album artwork is we're going to start out with the new Bumblebee. Then we're going to go into Robert Zemeckis's latest crapshoot. The uh, Welcome to Marwin. And then we're going to finish it up with Adam McKay's latest political movie called Vice that's based on Dick Cheney. All right, Mike, you want to do this thing? Go ahead and kick us off. Give us the rundown of Bumblebee. All right. So we're starting off with Bumblebee. Uh, It's uh, starring uh, Haley Steinfeld. Jorge Lindenberg Jr. and John Cena is uh, directed by Travis Knight. Uh, writers Christina Hodson. And the story on this movie is uh, on the run in year 1987. Bumblebee finds refuge in a junkyard in a small California beach town. Charlie, on the cusp of turning 18 and trying to find her place in the world, discovers Bumblebee. Battle scarred and broken. Nice, nice. All right, so Mike, in addition to the triple feature, to be able to try and cram three movies into our typical half hour, which will probably more like turn into 45 minutes, most likely, let's go ahead and do it. We're going to do something a little special. Mike, how does Bumblebee relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All right, so the MCU tie-in on this one is uh, Jorge Lindenberg Jr. was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Nice, nice, nice. Great. So, as Mike was going to explain, but I guess I cut him off a little bit, um, after he does the rundown for each one of these films, uh, he's just going to jump right into the MCU tie-in. And believe it or not, Mike looked them all up, got all of them, nailed them down, and... uh, you know, it's amazing what you can do when you have a little bit of time off from work, right, Mike? 
Yes, yes. Uh, you know, it's just uh, time, and uh, I was able to figure it all out so we can have this nice compressed episode, and I'm excited to uh, talk about these three movies. All right, Mike, so go ahead, kick us off. Um, what did you think of uh, Bumblebee? I actually liked it quite a bit, um, and it's probably because a certain director wasn't involved. Uh, it was just a lot. I, I don't know. It was a. It was a lot better. It was the parallels, and and you're gonna hear this everywhere, people. The parallels to ET are in it, but I still just liked it. I just liked this movie. It's. It was just better storytelling than a, a certain director that has directed these last uh, few uh, Transformer movies. Parallels is putting it nicely. It is the story of E.T., which is fine. I have a little bit of a problem with that. Maybe if they would have changed up where everything fell. But, I mean, if you put it right next to E.T. playing at the same time, I mean, some of the same shit happens at the exact same time. It's throughout the movie. It's kind of kind of eerily similar and I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I believe Steven Spielberg actually was a uh, executive producer on this. Yeah, I think I think he's been involved with the last few of the Transformers, and it it's only like a credit that I just see like real quick. So I'm not always 100 percent sure if he was involved from the very beginning with like the very first uh, Michael Bay. Um, I, I'll actually I'll look real quick. So uh, if you want to. But yeah. yeah, I noticed that and I was like, well, clearly if they did it, that means uh, Spielberg was probably all right with it. But uh, I will echo your sentiment. I did enjoy this movie quite a bit. Is it going to uh, set the world on fire? No, um, but it was fun. And that's, you know, a, a lot like some other movies we've talked about. That's all you need, like Spider-Man. Spider-Man, our last movie on Tuesday, was really a lot of fun. And Bumblebee is the exact same thing. You know, and I liked that it was more like a traditional kind of Transformer movie, much like what the cartoons and the cartoon movies used to be when I was growing up as a kid. They're fun. They're not real serious. They're not over-sexualized like Michael Bay's. They're not, you know, trying to be a grown-up Transformers. It's not. It's fun. It's not, oh, look, here's the big-time love story. Yeah, there's a little bit of a love story. But, I mean, they don't even kiss each other. Let alone showing, you know, a what's supposed to be a teenage girl practically naked painting a motorcycle. Yeah, no, it was so it was so much better as far as like the weird hyper sexualized, you know, Michael Bay isms with the 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 you know the camera like who who goes in a circle around girls running in slow motion, you know, Baywatch style. It, it it was it it was just I felt like it was a a reinvention of the brand and I think it was good I think it was a good move they they did a good job. Well, speaking about that, um, warning here, people, we're gonna spoil this if it pops into our minds. We're not gonna warn you, so sorry. Um, hopefully, you guys have seen these movies, and if you haven't, uh, go out and see them, or at least you know this one for sure. 
But um, at the end, uh, Bumblebee turns into the Camaro, which he is the Camaro in the first Michael Bay Transformers movie. So do you think this is going to be tied in with the already done Michael Bay films and this is the only one of these we get? Or do you think this is going to be a complete reboot of the franchise? Personally, I hope this is a complete reboot of the franchise. I would love to see a couple more legit Transformers movies especially the beginning portion of this movie where they're on Cybertron and Soundwave is in there and all the Transformers, how I remember them, Generation 1 from 1980. Oh, dude, I freaking love that. I would love to see a lot more of that. Uh, I hope that they will do more with this. uh, I mean, I guess this... I don't know if they're going to reboot it. I I really don't, but... Maybe, depending on uh, how well this does, and I think it's doing fairly well. Well, Maybe they'll look into it. The other interesting thing, too, is as uh, spoilers again, the end when Bumblebee's driving away with uh, Optimus Prime, did you notice that Optimus Prime is not the Optimus Prime from the Michael Bay movies? It is the true, legit Optimus Prime, how he looked in the 80s. He is not a Peterbilt semi-truck he is the front-faced one and he had his trailer and i just got so giddy when i saw that i was like (laughs) oh my god they did optimus prime right yay i was so happy about that but again that's the nerd coming out in me so yeah no i just think they did this movie like this is a good just i don't know i guess rehab a re different view from different perspective from someone else who uh loved I, I think they love Transformers or at least wanted to pay homage to it. And it, it really showed and it was cool. Yeah. I thought they did a wonderful job and Bumblebee is the proper, you know, Volkswagen beetle and they don't mess around with it. And the one thing I didn't, again, I'm not a super huge, huge Transformer guy. I was when I was a kid, but I'm not big into it now. The villains in this one, I did not recognize those Decepticons. I think they might've just been thrown in, for this movie, possibly. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get some hate mail from that correcting me, hopefully. Nah, yeah, we probably yeah, won't. Yeah. No, no, no. That'd be cool if we got some hate mail. I mean, any hate mail is cool. So, uh, you Just know. mail would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be good. All right. So, back but, back to it. Anyways, yeah. So, I, I really like this movie a lot. It was a lot of fun. Haley Steinfeld killed it. She, if she continues to act like this and not become crazy and be stupid... I think when she's older, this is just going to be amazing. She is going to win all kinds of Oscars. She is going to be one of the best actors of this upcoming generation. Because she's still, I think she's still fairly young. I'm not sure if she's a teenager still, but she's definitely, you know, early 20s if she's not a teenager. And she did wonderful. And yeah, yeah, she's been in quite a bit actually, and I I feel like she's done a lot of smart moves. So this is another smart move, and uh, you know she is she 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 killed it. She she did a really good job. Yeah, I liked her a lot, and you know she was also in Spider Verse. She voiced uh, Spider Gwen, and I really thought she did well there. But this, you really get to see her as an actress, and she did phenomenal now john cena is always tough when it comes to acting he's a wrestler and all that stuff i think he did a great job i think he did fine one of the things that kind of bothered me though is that it was a lot of like the uh rehashing of again the et kind of thing where you have this military 
coming after him. You you know what about it? What it is about a little bit? It's supposed to be sector sector seven. Um, it definitely felt more realistic the military portion in this film versus the Michael Bay films. So I enjoyed yeah. that. Um, but again, it was it was kind of hokey, but it wasn't awful and. I think John Cena kind of played into that and played with it a little bit and did take it super serious. And I think it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do too. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's somewhat, uh, I mean, for me, it's a little hard to see him not as a wrestler a little bit right now, but I know he's trying to become a, a serious actor and stuff. And I've seen him in, in several other action type movies and stuff. And, uh, you know, I think he did a pretty good job. Um, like, I mean, I even had a little bit of trouble. Now I know this is a little while back, but with The Rock, but when he, he did that movie with, uh, Stifler, um, <laughs> the rundown, was, yeah. the rundown, I, I, I really, uh, started believing in him and, and that was awesome. Well, I agree, man. I was just going to bring that point up, but you jumped ahead on it is yeah. The Rock, you know, still to this day, I have a hard time not seeing, you know, The Rock, when, especially in the, the cheesy movies like Skyscraper, you know, I could see him standing on like the balcony of the skyscraper with a microphone in his hand, sticking his tongue out, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs of, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Right. But, yeah. You know, it's hard not to see him, especially when it's a cheesy as shit movie like that. But hey, you know, he's doing a phenomenal job. We've talked about it before, but Jumanji this past year was fantastic. Loved oh, it. it. He was. did such it was a good job. Yeah, it was so much fun. John Cena will get there. I just think it might take some time, much like what it took with The Rock. Yeah, he's going to need yeah. a couple more serious roles, not super serious, but like more actiony roles, kind of like this, and more of a starring one, or at least a co-starring one. Because even on this, he was—I wouldn't even put him in the category of co-star, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just uh, a role. Yeah. All right, so Mike. Let's go ahead and hop into it. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. How many reels do you give Bumblebee? Uh, I'm going to give uh, Bumblebee uh, three and a half reels. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. And uh, it was a good a good look at the Transformers universe. Uh, kind of a refresh because the last few years have been terrible. All right. Well, I guess I even though I had the issues with uh, E.T. Uh, being a direct i still had a lot of fun with this movie it it might be my love of the transformers especially growing up but i really enjoyed this movie i give it four out of five reels i just i think if you like transformers or you like action or you're a big nerd like me this is a must see oh man all right cool awesome i mean i'm always a little bit harsher so uh par for the course but, <laughs> um, but still dude three and a half for you is pretty pretty solid yeah, yeah, no, it is. It is. All right, so we need let's to keep it. it moving. Let's keep let's, it moving. Let's let's go. Welcome to Marwin. Oh, oh, all right, Mike, go go for it, man. All Give right, us the so, rundown. Give us the rundown on this wonderful all right, movie. All right, so we're doing Welcome to Marwin. Uh, it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. It's uh, written by uh, Robert Zemeckis and Caroline Thompson. And it's starring uh, Steve Carell, uh, Marriott Weaver, and Leslie Mann. 
And uh, let's see, the synopsis is uh, a victim of a brutal attack finds a unique and beautiful therapeutic outlet to help him through his recovery process. All right, Mike, go ahead. I know you want to do it. Jump into it. How does Welcome to Marwin relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All right. So uh, Welcome to Marwin relates to the cinematic universe with a a composer, uh, Alan uh, Silvestri uh, also was the uh, composer for Captain America First Avenger. Gosh, yeah. I love Alan Silvestri, man. He has done some of the biggest films. You know, he's worked with Robert Zemeckis before. He is he is a name that everybody knows in Hollywood. He is an incredible composer. He's up there. I don't know if he's quite as good as John Williams, but he's up there at that level. I, I've, John Williams, again, being a hardcore Star Wars guy is the pinnacle for me. But Alan Silvestri, he's up there next to him. Yeah. So, so Matt, um, I know you have some strong feelings about this movie, and I do too, because it was it was really a disappointment. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to say hate, because hate is too strong of a word. But I was not a big fan of this film. Um, there is some redeeming qualities in this film, such as Steve Carell's acting. He was phenomenal. Oh yeah, and, he was and, so and, good. And speaking of Steve Carell, like this is one of two movies in this three movie uh, review. He's also in Vice, so yeah. I mean Steve Carell's killing it. He's just he's doing great. And they both came out the same week, maybe, or did this come out a week um, before? I think their uh, Vice was technically Christmas Day, That's right. and I That's think right. this one was like a week before. So I, I mean, within a, within a weeks or whatever of each other, yeah, yeah, within a few days actually of each other, I think. But yeah, a week. So, but yeah, I I had kind of high hopes for this, but not. Um, it looked kind of like a gimmick, the world of the dolls and all that stuff. Um, it was n- unique and it was interesting, but I think Robert Zemeckis spent way too much time in that world. I would have liked to have seen more about the guy's story. Um, this movie is very dark. At least it was very dark to me. It was very depressing. It is really just messed up and it is a true story to a degree. This uh, Welcome to Marwin, and this is the second time Robert Zemeckis has done this in recent years, is a fictionalized version of a documentary called Marwin Call that was done in 2010 that, from what I've heard, I have not watched it yet. I would like to, but it's not streaming anywhere, so I'm going to wait until it is. It's 10 times better than this film, or so I've heard from critics. And he basically took a really good doc and fictionalized it. And this is the second time he did it. The first time he did it was in 2015 with a movie called The Walk. Oh, the, yeah. The documentary that was the, the Walk is based off of is called Man on Wire, and it came out in 2008. And it's almost the same thing. He took an incredible documentary and turned it into a work of fiction. Why? Why, Robert Zemeckis? You gave me some of my most favorite films on this 
planet. Back to the Future, I mean, come on. This is the guy that gave us Back to the Future, and he's putting garbage like this out. I really had much higher hopes for this movie. I really yeah, did. Yeah, and Forrest Gump, man. I love oh, that's right. Forrest, Forrest Gump, Gump. man. Yep. I love Forrest yeah. Gump. And, and yeah. I, Two of the I, biggest, most beloved movies, not just by Mike and I, but universally, at least in the United States. And he gives us this. Uh, you know, it... If it wasn't for Steve Carell's acting, I would tell people not to see this at all. Period. It is not worth your time. But Steve Carell's acting is that freaking good in this movie. It really yeah. is. No, no. Steve Carell was amazing in this part. And uh, I, you know, I don't know all the story exactly of how, how much of it is true and how much it isn't. Well, but, from my understanding, a lot of it is true-ish. There's things that are made up, like the girlfriend across the street, I think, is made up. I'm not 100% on that. So, But I think the girl moving it across the street is made up. Um, the guys beating the shit out of them, being Nazis, is true. Um, I don't know about him wearing women's shoes, if that's true. But uh, him well, I creating hope this- it's true, because otherwise, that's, I mean, that's like... I felt like that was a such a huge focal it's point a major in the movie. Plot point, yeah. Uh, yeah. If if that's not true, I don't really. Know. That makes me sad if it's not. I pers- I personally don't know. I would I would hope so because it's clearly a major point, as you were pointed out. Um, him building the town is true. He did that in his backyard, and I oh, yeah. I don't know if it's still there or not. But it he did that. The gallery show is true. Um, him doing these beautiful photographs is true, but he didn't shoot it on film. You know, uh, being a photographer, I know he's sitting there using an old, I think it was even using a Pentax K1000, which you even used, Mike. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. Only in high school, though, people. Right. Only and in high school. A long time ago. And what's funny, too, is the when he's shooting in the movie, it's not a viewfinder of a Pentax K1000. It's kind of something else, but it looks like that's what he's using. It might not be. A lot of those film cameras back then look all, all of them look very similar. The Nikons, the Canons, the Pentax, they all look very similar, but I'm getting into a stickler on that. So I won't. Now in the documentary, he actually, I believe was using an old cheap digital camera until for the most part. But he really did this. He made this world. He shot these incredible images. He lit them well. Um, Being a photographer, that's one thing that bothered me a whole lot in this movie. Um, They show him shooting these pictures, and they have this dramatic, incredible lighting. And it's like you wouldn't get that with sunlight unless he was shooting it at certain times of the day and things. He probably really lit it in real life. And in the pictures of the movie, it looks like they're using legit lights and things, and clearly they're it's not it's all computer generated stuff but oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, but, my photographer yeah. coming out in me and so i won't worry about that we're gonna get back on topic of the movie yeah and the movie is i don't know it's it's kind of good but it's it's sad and 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 it focuses a ton on the i guess the marwin world and um i don't know i don't know if that's good or bad but uh, and then and then I don't know what kind of drugs because um, well I mean spoilers sorry um, they're giving him lots of drugs and uh, obviously th- this character I mean the situation is it's amazing this guy's alive 
it's uh, you know and he's he's really struggling and I, f I i really enjoyed the part where they show pretty much everyone is trying to help him just about every person that he interacts with is trying to help him which is amazing because that doesn't even seem like the real world. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't seem possible. <laughs> like, it really doesn't. No, no, it doesn't even seem real to me. It, that that seemed like Hollywood to me. Because um, why would every single person be helping this guy? But his situation is awful. Yeah, and it, I mean, and he it, was literally beaten so bad that he can barely write his own name, let alone do his artwork that he used to do, which they don't really talk about much in the movie they show you a little bit but it looks like he was either a comic book artist or a famous drawer or painter or a little bit of both or whatever and just incredible works and then he's beaten to within an inch of his life he doesn't even remember doing any of this shit let alone being able to do it again yeah no he can't even remember his past like it's it's incredible but um so you feel for him and it's just it's a sad story but it you know it's here's one of my dark takes takeaways from this film it's a little depressing but this is a very very good example of showing the reality of PTSD yeah this not is not a wartime PTSD or anything like that but this guy is suffering from PTSD at a level that's unfathomable and he is able to fight through it thanks to this town and his artwork yeah no uh i would i would say that's actually a, a pretty good assessment um yeah. yeah and it's fantastic the story is fantastic i i know you said you don't know if it was good or bad how much time they spent in marwin i think it was a bad thing i think show some have some, a little bit of marwin and all this stuff but don't make it the focus of the movie you know, really don't. And I feel that Robert Zemeckis did. I, I'm more interested in Steve Carell's life in this town, the town interacting with him, the ladies helping him out, everybody caring about him, him and his, you know, shoe collection, all this stuff. I like that a lot more than this side story of action in the town. Sure, that's cool and fun and interesting and unique. And it's interesting seeing all the mocap stuff. And, but, you don't need like, I mean, there was parts where it felt like it was a half hour, 45 minutes of just a solid story of him, you know, being tortured by Nazis or shooting Nazis or yeah, I don't no, know. No, it's been, it's been a lot of time into the, the fantasy world and I don't know exactly why it did that. Um, the graphics and all, all that stuff was really well done. Like no faulting, like, whoever whatever did the the stuff like i thought it was awesome but i felt like it would have been cooler like like you're saying to to find more about the actual guy the 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 all the things cuz you you know they say every every one of his characters was based on someone he met and you didn't meet all the people that he actually was representing i mean you you kind of met some of the people, but not everyone. And I, I just wondered, where are these other people? And like, oh, I was really, you know, what really pissed me off about this a little bit. And this is just the trailer and all that. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to say, because I was about to say the exact same thing. Go for it. His physical therapy and all that stuff. There's this lady who's, who's like encouraging him. Yep. 
they show the they show the entire scene that you see in the movie in the trailer and that's all you get you never see this person again I, w- I I would have liked to see this character more because I felt like it was very impactful. But uh, I felt like I got robbed. I felt like they, they, they teased me on the trailer and that's all I got. And uh. It was absolutely ridiculous. And they make it a big deal on the trailer and literally the trailer is the amount that she's in the movie. And it's like... She was his physical therapist who, you know, she lost her leg in Iraq or uh, Afghanistan. I don't remember which one. No, they didn't even say. They just said in some war or something. But, like, we got nothing. We got nothing. And so she went through a lot of these struggles herself. She probably had her own bout of PTSD, so on and so forth. And you literally get nothing. Nothing. I was like, are you kidding me? She clearly is a big character in his little world, his fantasy world, because she is like one of the first ones you meet. Yes, yes. In the the fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. So that made me actually a little bit upset because I was expecting to see something. I mean, I didn't need a lot. I, I, I needed maybe five minute montage. I don't need a lot but I just wanted something to show about his rehabilitation or anything. And they didn't really, they did have like maybe two minutes of, of rehabilitation. And I was just like, what? what? Dude, if that, if that is seriously, I agree with you. I see. That's one reason why it's kind of freaky. How like-minded we are, because I was thinking the exact same thing when you brought it up anyways. All right, Mike. So let's uh, push forward. We're already hitting 30 minutes or so, give ah, or take. All right, we all right, we're, we're failing. All right, let's one. go, let's go, let's no, go. No, no, we're not failing. I think this is needs to be talked about. I really do. It, it could have been a really good movie. It is a really good story, but it came up short. It, it really did. So, Mike, how many reels do you give Marwin? Or welcome to Marwin. Sorry. Um, I think I'm going to give him welcome to Marwin, uh, two and a half reels. Oh, dude. How is that freaking possible? How is that possible, Mike? Oh, what are, what are, what are you going to give it? Are you going to give it two? I, I'm yes. interested now. Yep. Oh, you're giving it two? Yep. Oh, I, oh, man. All right. See, we're different. Welcome to Marwin. A two out of five reels because I feel the only redeeming quality there's two. There's two redeeming qualities of this movie. It's the story and Steve Carell's acting. That's it. Yes, Steve Carell was amazing and the story I think the story is pretty good. I just don't think we saw as much as we should have. Right, and that's why I really want to see the documentary. I might have to just bite the bullet and pay for it. But I really would like to see it because it just seems phenomenal. This story, it does. So, all right, Mike, I I hate to do this, but we need to push on to our next film. And the next one we are going to talk about is, uh, I guess, a little bit of a controversy film. um, Controversial film. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it is a biopic by uh, Mr. Adam McKay. And that is uh, Vice. Uh, go ahead and give us the rundown, bud. 
All right. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're talking about Vice now. And uh, Vice was directed by Adam McKay and it was written by uh, Adam McKay. And it's starring uh, Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Steve Carell, again, and uh, Sam Rockwell. And the story of uh, Dick Cheney, uh, an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider who quietly wielded immense power as vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in the ways that we still feel today. So, uh, this movie was... Ooh. Anyway. Um, you want to do get, your uh, yeah, MCU no, tie-in first? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go real quick into the MCU tie-in. So, uh, woo! Uh, MCU tie-in. The director, Adam McKay, uh, also uh, wrote uh, Ant-Man. Nice. All right. So, Mike, um, go ahead and kick it off. You already started going into it. Uh, What did you think of Vice? Man, I really like this movie. Um, It's kind of an unassuming movie, and it's it's got this stylized feel that's... uh, I mean, uh, it's by the director who did uh, The Big Short... And uh, I kind of felt that, but it was it was fun. It was it was it was good, and um, I don't know. It's it's a little bit scary because I'm not sure how much is true and how much isn't. But but Mike, they tell you in the end credits that it's all 100 percent true. Right, right, right. Um, but. Anyway, it was it was a fascinating story into a particular uh, political figure that I didn't really know anything about. I knew nothing about Dick Cheney, so it was kind of neat to see his upbringing in uh, you know Wyoming and and uh, you know his his love of his family. And I will say, this is the unique thing that I will say for a political type movie. This movie emphasized so much that Dick Cheney loved his family without saying that, you know, he loves his family. Like, they just showed him, like, doing things with his family and stuff. It was amazing. Never do you see that in any kind of political movie. He, That's true. He, he was hanging out with his his family often, just doing things like i mean and i thought that was really cool actually for a political movie and i i felt like that was a thing that he he did because they wouldn't have done that otherwise and like he would go fishing with his family and he would do this with his family i thought that was cool because for the most part i don't feel like they ever talk about any of that stuff with political movies so that was neat but uh, yeah, no, I thought this movie was great. It was entertaining. Um, Christian Bale was amazing. Uh, I mean, he probably gained weight and lost weight just like he always does for the oh, different yeah, parts of the movie. And like, oh no, it was yep. awesome. Yeah, that was yeah. good. Yeah, he gained a lot of weight. Like you know, that's that's what Christian Bale does, man. He's a method actor, so he gained a whole lot of weight. I still think they put him in, you know, dressed him up a little bit with rubber and such. But he still put on quite a bit to try and look like Dick Cheney. Yeah. What What, what did you think, man? Like, um, 
I don't want to be very political because, uh, oh gosh, it's so it's so hard. But um, I liked it. I don't know if I liked it as much as you did. Um, I went and saw this with my brother-in-law and my sister. And my sister absolutely loved this movie, thought it was incredible. I, I'd say uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I thought it was incredible. Uh, being a journalist and a student of history, I knew a little bit more about Dick Cheney and his life than probably the average person, but still I learned quite a bit about him watching this film. At least hopefully I did. Again, uh, much like you alluded to earlier, I would like to figure out how much of this truly is uh, accurate and how much is not and what was left out because the movie might have been 100% accurate. But then the question is, what did Adam McKay choose to leave out? Because... Adam McKay is definitely a Hollywood hardcore liberal. And that does come off a little bit in this film for sure. A little bit might be saying it nicely. It does come off uh, moderately in this film. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, there's a part in the movie. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we don't have a lot of time. So there's a part in the movie where it pretends it's ending, but it's not ending. And right. it's to show, it's like to highlight a point. So, right. yeah. And it's not, you know, he's not blatantly screaming, oh, you know, uh, Dick Cheney is horrible and kill Dick Cheney and awful. And it's not a Michael Moore movie, I guess is a good way to put it. Michael Moore puts his slant hardcore on all his movies. At least that's what I feel. Uh, this, I think it has, you know, the liberal slant to it to a degree, but not really bad. I, I don't think it's quite as good as the big short. I think the big short was definitely a little bit more neutral and a little bit more uh, informative, but I, I will say, you know, I like this movie, but I don't think it was deserving of all the golden globes. It's been nominated for. How's that? All right. All right. All right. It's so, nominated for a lot. So, so, so man, I, I just talking about that. Um, what did you think of some of the narration and, and, and the character and the, the kind of how some of the, I mean, I'm just going to spoil the shit out of yeah, it. But yeah. Yeah. Like, we just, probably should tell people this is a major freaking spoiler. And it's one of the things that I, I didn't really like. And I thought was kind of dumb, but I like how it was done though, but go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I was just going to ask you, what do you thought of, the there's a kind of a narration uh to the overall movie uh a lot like uh the big short and it's done by a character who you're not entirely sure what their role is or why they're important until pretty much the very very end and uh when it happens you're like oh well shit like it's it's kind of a yeah, it's kind of a weird moment. It really comes off as a gimmick to me. It really does. Uh, have the narration and everything, but why did you have to have it be that particular character? Now, the actor is one of my favorite young actors coming up in the world, especially in comedies. Yeah, but yeah, he's 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 been awesome. Like phenomenal. Uh, Game night wasn't he? Was oh, the weird yeah. cop dude? Yeah, no, oh, yeah. he's coming up, man. He's 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 working his way up. But, he was amazing in the Fargo uh, television show as well. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, okay. But right. Anyways, 
I felt it was a cop out. It's one of the storytelling elements of this film that I really did not like. I just did not. I mean, I like the narration and everything like that, but the instant they come out and tell you his relationship to Dick Cheney, it's just, you have that in the back of your mind from kind of the start when he says right off the bat, like towards the beginning, you know, I know Dick Cheney intimately and I bet you don't know why. And then you spend the majority of the movie until they reveal that with a little voice in the back of your head going, what the hell is this guy? How is he related to this movie? Is he like one of Dick Cheney's like bastard children or is he like a long lost brother or like you just sit there thinking the whole time, at least I did. How the hell does this guy relate to Dick Cheney? Because it's clearly two completely different worlds. Yeah, I, 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 I did. I did definitely. Um, and when it was resolved, I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" Like, uh, I don't it was know. A cop was out. The, I don't. I don't know if that was the best way to do it. And then yeah. also, um, some of the uh, I don't know, kind of crazy. There, there's scenes in there, and this reminded me kind of the Big Short, but it didn't quite fit as well in this. Where there's just kind of weird, like cutscenes, kind of where they're showing you a bunch of weird stuff. And you're like, they're trying to slant you towards some kind of view. And I'm like, uh, was that necessary? Right. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, to me, that was a little bit weird. But I mean, it, it's, a, it's a stylistic choice. And that's like almost 100% when I watched this movie, I realized exactly who directed it without referencing who directed it. Well, a couple things, and I liked one and I didn't like the other, was uh, a couple of the elements that he used to tell the story. And I think one of them really takes you out of the movie and you kind of start questioning and going, what? Why? Why are you doing this? Okay. And the other one I thought was a really good, fun, interesting way to tell a story, even though... I, and I think most of it was factual. But uh, the first one is when uh, Cheney and his wife, uh, played by Amy Adams, are lying in bed and they start referencing uh, Shakespeare when they're getting ready to go to bed or something. Oh, and they start, yeah, dude, that was a little weird. Yeah, yeah they start yeah. speaking in Shakespearean, Shakespearean-type language and writing, and I was just like, really? That completely took me out of the freaking movie. It really did. I just... I didn't like it at all. I think it could have been left out. I just... I thought it was just dumb. It was a gimmick. There. It was a gimmick. Now, on the flip side, there's another gimmick later on, but I thought it was one of the better story storytelling elements of this film that's not clearly historical. Was the scene in the restaurant when the waiter walks up to him and hands him the menus, and it has all these policy decisions on it, and they're all really oh, yeah. bad. They're yeah, all really yeah, yeah, bad, yeah, yeah. and they're all true, and they all really happened, and how they're like, which one would you like, guys? And they say almost in unison at the same time, uh, we'll take them all. And I was like, wow, that was powerful. We, that was a good storytelling element that clearly yeah, is yeah, not part of the story. I wanted the, more of that. Yeah, where the waiter like listed out everything in a very succinct, very clear way. And then they were like, we'll take them all. 
And and that you're right. That was that was actually very creative, and that was a good way of doing it. It was very creative. It was very thought provoking. It was very powerful. That one scene, I wanted more of that. And that yeah. was not as much as everybody thinks it is or wants to think it is. That was not liberal bias at all. That was straight up the truth. Yeah, no, that was cool. That was I a, really that, that enjoyed was, that scene. Yeah, that was cool. So, so uh, Matt, I don't want to go too long. What do you what What is your rating of the movie? Well, the story is good. The acting, especially by Christian Bale, was phenomenal. Uh, Steve Carell as Donald Rumsfeld. I mean, dude, that dude is killing it. I, if Steve Carell's in, nominated for some kind of Academy Award this next award season, I will be highly disappointed. His acting this year has been great. Um, yeah, I agree. Again, it's not... I guess I don't know if I like it as much as you. You said you really liked it. You really loved it. I, I don't hate this movie... I don't think it was a bad movie, but I think maybe it's just me, but I wanted it to be better. I wanted there to be more direct storytelling, not as there's some bias, but there's not a ton, but, uh, I I give it three and a half reels out of five. Wow. Yeah. Um, you're right, man. I did like this more than you. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give it four reels. Damn dude. That's an oddity. That's two in a row where you, Mr. Movie Review Cromudgeon had higher ratings than me. That's some kind of record. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the holidays. Maybe I'm feeling good. I don't know. But uh, no, uh, I, I, I like this movie. I, I did like this movie. I, there, are, uh, there are quite a few things that are kind of weird in the movie and a little bit complaints. But, you know, it's not enough to to detract from this. This is this was just a pretty well done movie and man, Christian Bale just killed it. And, uh, Steve Carell, uh, I mean, man, guy's busy. This is, this is great. Now, is this a must see movie in the theaters, Mike? Ah, you know, I would say no. I would say this is not a must see in the theaters, uh, cause there's no action or anything. This is a thinking movie, but, uh, you know, if, if you had a chance to see it in the theaters and you were wondering what to go see and you wanted something to think about, this is the one to go see, you know, when it's on all the streaming services and stuff, I would definitely recommend seeing it. Um, being that it's nominated for all these things. Likely it's going to hit Netflix or, or Amazon Prime pretty quickly, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I see not a whole lot coming down the pipeline in the next two to three weeks as far as new release movies. There's a handful. There's nothing I'm clamoring to go see like what I we've experienced in the past two weeks. Uh, so if you uh, really don't have a movie in mind that you want to go see and you're kind of eyeballing and you want to go to the theaters, uh, I'd say definitely go see it. It's uh, worth a watch. When it's out on Netflix or Amazon, like Mike was alluding to, it's definitely worth a watch. But it is not a must-see in the theaters. I definitely think it is well worth a watch, though. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, it are, like Matt uh, already said earlier, it got nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes. 
I imagine the same kind of uh, nomination streak will continue with the Oscars. I don't know 100%, but often the Golden Globes kind of set the precedent to where people are looking at certain movies. So I imagine it will get some stuff, and then if it does, then it'll be re-released, and it'll be in the theaters for longer. So, you know, uh, it's, it's not a bad one to check out. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. All right, Mike. So let's go ahead and tell people what we're going to do for next week. Um, I know we are definitely going to be talking about uh, the exact opposite of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the DC Cinematic Universe's latest flick, Aquaman. Oh, yeah. I'm actually excited to talk about that uh, because I had a lot of fun watching that movie. uh, But uh, I'll save that for the review. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that one next for next Tuesday. And uh, what are we going to do for Thursday, Mike? you have anything in mind? Um, I didn't have anything on the top of my head, but do you have anything? No, not really. I mean, I almost want to go see Holmes and Watson because it's such a, a garbage fire from what all the reviews and everyone's saying. Yeah, I've heard people are walking out like crazy. And yeah. I kind of want to see it to see if it's that bad. Because... But- Go ahead. Can you can 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 you compare it to uh, Mortal Engines? Like, yeah, because like, because yeah. Mortal Engine, like, if there was a movie I was gonna walk out on, that's it. Yeah, and you stayed all the way to the end. I yeah, stayed all I the did. way to the end. I, I did. So like, it, like, how bad can Holmes and Watson be? I mean, honestly. Now, one I do want to watch, but we don't have it here in Prescott, at least not right now, as of this recording is John C. Riley's other film that came out the same day uh, Holmes and Watson came out, and that's Stan and Ollie. And it's an independent, and I heard through the grapevine and through reviews and things that it is a pretty dang good film, but it is not here. And I would like to see that. So if it comes out, I might uh, nudge you to go see that one, Mike. Okay. Well, uh, if it's around and uh, I can do it, we'll do it. But it uh, definitely is a small independent film, so Okay. Well, we'll see. We are running way over time. So Yeah, uh, dude. We're I, I figured we'd probably hit forty five minutes. We're around like fifty ish. So that's so, not too too bad. So I just wanna but. say uh thanks everyone who stayed with us this long. And uh, you know, we're not gonna always do triple features. It's just this time because there's so many movies coming out and uh yeah. Uh, well, and let us know what you think. If you like the triple feature and you're okay with it, you know, maybe from here on out we'll do maybe a double feature every now and then. I don't know. Maybe we'll, I don't know. It depends how many movies come out. If you guys hated this, we just won't do another one. But I don't think anybody is ever going to email us, so it doesn't matter. We're going to do what we want. <laughs> All right. We do what we want. All right. All, All right, right, Mike. Man. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about for our second movie next week. So uh, uh, I don't have anything else. I feel like I have talked my brains off. So uh, I'm going to shut up now. And Mike, why don't you go ahead and take us out of here? All right. uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you on the next pod. And uh, hopefully your new year is going well. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie.